0: Welcome to Blue State Conversations. This is our place to discuss the political theory from all sides, bridging the political divides that split our society. Well, hello, everyone. It's Matthew and Will. Hello, everybody. And here's our opening problem. The most common refrain when discussing anything in America is, that is my right. Even the most uninvolved person, politically speaking, has uttered the phrase several times in their life. However, you'll often hear those same people ask, quote, what gives them the right when speaking about others? And the sad truth is we often want rights that benefit us and want to remove rights that we personally don't find useful. For instance, free speech is all well and good until a racial slur is used innocent until proven guilty is a pillar of justice until the officer is not guilty and the riots begin. We want food, shelter, healthcare to be rights until we see the tax hikes. What's clear is that there is a question America is not asking, and that question is, where do rights come from?
1: Yeah, I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been in a discussion and it, somebody will say the word right. And all they're talking about is, I want to do it.
0: <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you have the right to a lot of freedoms, but that doesn't mean that you can do everything without consequences because some of those things aren't rights.
1: True, and and oftentimes we'll be talking about American politics and then somebody will say, well, in Europe, and it's like, well... We don't live there. Why would that be relevant to the discussion of rights here? Now, maybe you're trying to say that this is what it should be, but it typically will arrive in a conversation about what is. And when the question is what is, what should be loses some relevance. And then people were talking about problems around the world. And then somebody said, well, the American Constitution said, and it was like, we're talking about Africa. Why would the American Constitution have any applicability? I mean, here? maybe
0: they want to bring back taking over other countries and giving them our laws. Oh, wait, Europe, Britain tried that. They were very successful until every country decided to go and get their freedom. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's basically every country that was taken over by Britain at one point has some sort of freedom holiday because they escaped.
1: That's true. I think there isn't a month on the calendar where there isn't a celebration of freedom from Britain. I think the best way to... Keep this focused because we can talk about rights ad nauseum for the next 20 hours. I think it would be a good thing to go into some of these other places. There's the UN Rights of the Child. There's the Human Rights Council. You have Western ideals. You have Eastern ideals. There's a whole bunch of ways you can talk about rights. But I think if we don't even know where our rights as a country come from, then talking about others is kind of putting the cart in front of the horse without any horse even being there. So American rights are almost entirely based on the philosophy of John Locke. He was an influential English philosopher. There are others. Rousseau, Hume, British common law played a big deal. The development of rights from the Magna Carta onward. But when you read some of Locke's writings, you can see how closely they mirrored a lot of the other writings that come from our founding. And he was studied probably the most by a lot of the founders who were driving forces, the Franklins, the Jeffersons, they studied Locke. So to start off, most of history, the standing idea was that certain people were born to rule and lead. And then others were born to serve. It can be summed up as good blood and bad blood. So there's the king and he came from good lineage. They were born to do the leading. And then other people were born to be idiots. They were born to be servants. They were born to be blacksmiths. They were born to be the serving cast. And, and you actually were supposed to kind of take pride in that. Like, oh, I was born to do this and I do it well. Therefore, I'm actually doing good. Like That was actually kind of how people would
0: view it. Well, like as opposed to how somebody might hear this now and think that person who was in the serving class was so much worse off than the people who were leading. A lot of times we talk about equity. And that's not necessarily what that person would have thought in that day and age.
1: They would actually have probably said that equity is a radical idea because even just equality would have been a radical idea because inequality was thought to be the state of nature. And so trying to fight against nature was just a foolish idea. Mm -hmm. So this is where you get the divine right of kings from ancient Egypt. A lot of the Romans, the king was God, not only was it a God-given ruler, He also was a god, (laughs) Mm. and that was—and power was given to them because they had been given that power by God or because they were one, and for thousands of years, this was the case. So Locke's idea, which we tend to just think automatically is the case, was radical when he came up with it, where what he said is, every human is born equally. A king and a peasant are— equal in their rights, not better or worse. So that seems a little odd, but the reason is quite literally people thought if you were born a king or a noble, then you had more rights than somebody born a peasant, just by
0: nature of your birth. Mm -hmm. Which might cause somebody to use their specific nature at that point, somebody's noble standing, to be a reason to lower somebody else or to be more brutal with somebody of a serving class.
1: Because they're a peasant, they're not equal to me, therefore I, I deserve more, I'm worth more. That's why oftentimes you would find that nobles were ransomed in warfare because this was a valuable human, but they would murder all the peasant footmen because, well, we got a hundred more of these at home. That was the attitude. So how Locke arrived there is through a thought experiment that he called the state of nature. And so Locke says that humans are mostly good, not as in they mostly are good people, but they want to help others. They're interested in living in harmony, living in laws, all that sort of things. But he said there are people who are so self-interested that and they become a
0: problem. So if we were to define problem, would that include people who are lawbreakers or who would harm other people to make themselves happy?
1: Yeah, so what he means by problem is that everybody at a basic level, every single human being, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter, you could have been born in ancient Egypt, you could have been born in the Roman Empire, you could be an Amazon warrior, you could be an American today, you could be an American 4,000 years from now. Everybody wants life, liberty, and property. So he kind of said, look, if we strip all laws and government, all societal conventions, these things are going to remain mm-hmm. at the base. And there's obviously some other things that go with it, but he, he kind of lumped them all into these three, he kind of explain his whole thought process with those. And life comes down to don't kill me. Liberty is let me make my own choices. And property is the ability to own things such as clothes, a home. If you have a farm and you grow food on it, then You want to have the ability to feed yourself, basically the ability to own things, to survive or to better your life or to make yourself more comfortable. He said that this is where the problem comes in, the self-interested people. Imagine that you're a weak person and you don't have to be physically weak. You can just not have a lot of property. Some of us will hear about billionaires, for example, and they have a lot of property and they may have more liberty. We think about all the stuff that uh, Epstein died with. They have more liberty to take illegal actions, so they may have the ability to make more choices. And some people can hire bodyguards. They can protect their life better than I can. So it doesn't mean like you just are physically weak, but it can mean that. It just means you might not be powerful in different sense. So if you have someone who is a self-interested person and they are more powerful than you, They can remove your freedoms by quite literally taking them away or dictating to you what choices you can make, what property you can own. So the example he could say is imagine if you're a really good farmer, but then somebody just has to beat you up every week and take your food. And then they don't have to farm. They can just beat you up every week. So how do you solve a problem like
0: that? I feel like you just described the mob, but okay. (laughs) I'm like, they will beat you up every week and take what you have. And that's how it works until you pay them.
1: Extortion, right? That's So basically, even if I want to be a good person who lives alone, has some food, has a dog, pretty wife, have a great life, somebody can take that away as long as they are just stronger than me in some way. So the solution is, Locke says, well, weak people join together with other weak people. And that allows you to secure your rights. By coming together as a group, you can overpower A strong person. People like to rail about Jeff Bezos and all that stuff, but imagine everyone stopped using Amazon. Hmm. Every single person. It wouldn't matter how much money he had because his company would go to zero. You can think about just some of the companies that used to exist. How powerful was Blockbuster for the longest time?
0: Where are they now? Yeah, it would become a race to the bottom, which is ironic because that's what happens for the people who reprice their items to drop down to nothing. But the race to the bottom where if you can sell off your stock before other people then you might get more of your money back except that you won't because there will be like three people buying the stock and 99% selling. You get stuck.
1: So basically he's not saying that there was government and we created society and rights. He's saying that there was rights and out of the need to protect those rights, government and laws come. This is a complete reversal of entire way of thinking for thousands of years the proper function of government and laws is to protect your natural rights and the way before was that your government was necessary and then government gave you your rights right we needed to have somebody ruled and he told you the best way that you could elevate the community so power was taken away from those people and put back into the hands of people for Locke, which was really radical at the time Now most people around the world would say this is just how you live. Even kind of the most authoritarian regimes still kind of talk in this manner. They'll say, oh yeah, the people gave us power and we're just using that power. They still even kind of talk in this language. That's how widely accepted it is. So government is also necessary because when you have a group, we talked about this before, right? It is impossible for a group to make every decision every day. When we talked about how the rulers, That's arrows of possibility theorem. This is where it comes in. Imagine if all 330 million Americans had to vote on every single thing that every local, state, and federal thing does. Every single law, bill, action. Imagine if we as Americans had to dictate warfare.
0: Yeah, it would just be like swipe right for a war with China or swipe left with peace
1: you remember when they started doing those playthroughs where the community would vote on like the next move in a Pokemon game. And so the highest amount of votes for each specific move would win. So people were just voting quickly in the game and like the characters like doing like donuts around the map because people were voting no left, right, left. That's kind of where you can see where you need a single person or a smaller group. Mm -hmm. A committee. So Locke said the consent is given by the governed to the government to secure the rights. So this sets up, obviously, an interesting question. How many rights are there?
0: Well, I mean, it depends how you phrase it, because I would think of my right to life, liberty, and property as as a right, but there's that's obviously not an exclusive list.
1: So you can see that there are human rights, there are civil rights, there are, there's also, even when you just go over basic understanding of American law, there's constitutional law, there's, civil law, there's administrative law, there's common law, right? So there's all these breakdowns. But typically the understanding for human rights is that they're universal, timeless, and individual. And if you're listening to this, think about that. Universal means it doesn't matter your location, your gender, or race. So the right is the same for me as it is for somebody who lives in Russia.
0: What's an example of something like that? So easiest one obviously is life i have a right okay that doesn't exist in all countries but okay correct
1: but this is just as an understanding of how Locke would view this how americans view this i have a right to life and that that for it to be a human right that has to be universal it has to be timeless meaning it didn't develop in the last 50 years It's not something new. It's the same as existed when caveman first emerged, which is life is an easy example again. Back then, you still had the right to defend your life. I still have the right to defend my life. And then they're individual, meaning that they are your rights and not provided by other. Now, there is a good number of of debate where this comes in. John Stuart Mill, he'll say the, you can wave your fist around until it connects with my nose. That's kind of his take on it. Others take will be, well, actually, and when there are moral and reputational effects on others, there are different takes on what it means by individual. But in general, what it means is somebody else does not provide you the right. It's your right on your own. So for example, let's say I was dying of kidney failure. I cannot say, well, I have a right to life, therefore, Will must give me a kidney. And in fact, he must give me both because I've determined myself to be more valuable. No, I can't. So therefore, this brings up that there are supporting rights to life, liberty, and property. Mm -hmm. You can say that you have a right to individual things because, for example, private property rights. I have a right to my house. That's part of private property rights. I have the right of self-defense because obviously I need to be able to defend my life for me to actively use the right to life. So a right without the means to uphold it is obviously not useful. Obviously, this is where you can say, hey, well, there's a lot of debate over what goes into that. Correct. There is. (laughs) But it does mean this. Human rights are therefore limited in number. They are not growing or shrinking. They simply are. Once we form a government to protect the natural rights, the issue is those supporting rights. So is voting a human right? What would you think about that?
0: Well, I would say it's not something that you would see across the entire world. There isn't necessarily one way to define a government. And I certainly don't think that the people who live with governments that don't allow voting would necessarily think that they're so much worse off. And it doesn't seem to be a requirement for, like, a human right. Like, it's not like a requirement for survival. But at the same point here in the United States, we would consider it to be right given to us by the Constitution, which would make it a civil right.
1: Because a monarchy is a valid way for a group to govern themselves. So there's no voting in a monarchy. We would say that it's a civil right because it upholds our group's consent. So this is where the whole idea of a social contract comes from. And we have these rights that kind of we have with the government and those we've set over us to bulwark around ourselves. This is where you'll hear discussions of what's called a negative and positive rights. So a, a negative right is a check on the government. A positive is something the government must proactively do for you. So th- this is where you'll hear that concept come in. But when you're talking about civil rights, They are excludable and jurisdictional. So, In an American understanding of a civil right, it cannot contradict human rights. So, excludable means they belong to the group that I have formed a contract with. So, I can't go to France and then demand that France follow my ideas. France said, well, inside this, in this group, over here, this is what we do. Until you join our group, you don't get a kind of a voice in the decision-making process. So, and then jurisdictional also means that it falls within a certain area. If somebody comes over here, then they are subject to the laws in this area. Once they leave this area, it doesn't like follow them home. And it doesn't, and then of course, contradicting human rights. So if you have the right to self-defense, right, then you cannot have a civil right that
0: strips that away. Gotcha. So in the ways of how this goes, your human rights are the highest and your civil rights are second highest.
1: Correct. They are the supporting pillars. Yeah, they're they're the supporting pillars to forming a society and running it. Because I I can say I have the right to property. Well, great. I have the right to liberty. True. So I get to make my own choices. Yes. Okay, so uh, I'm going to blare music at 1 a.m. in my cul-de-sac. Well, the other people riding cul are going to be like, well, hold on a second here.
0: <laughs> oh, please. The other day, I was driving down the highway at a speed limit, which is safe on these highways. Everybody's doing it. But then these, like, three bikers, nothing against bikers, but these three bikers were driving, like, another 20 miles an hour faster than how I was going. And I didn't see them in my rear view mirrors, and I didn't see them on my side mirrors. They just whipped by, and they definitely made the road dangerous for me and for the other people. And it's like, okay, they don't have the right to drive that fast on a road that is shared by other people.
1: Because they are actively threatening some of your rights. They're right? actually like,
0: threatening my life. Not, They don't mean to be. They really don't mean to be. They're just having a joyride. But they're they are doing that. They're also threatening their own lives.
1: Yeah, so you can see where kind of this is the sticky part. And this is where civil rights come in is because you're trying to decide how to live in a certain society. So, some societies, there's no such thing as free, freedom of speech.
0: Doesn't exist. It's not a doesn't civil right, exist. right that
1: they have. Right. They're, they simply say you have the right to criticize your government, but you don't have the right of freedom of speech. And they make slight changes. So, the UN Human Rights Charter is slightly different, right? The, the rights of the child, that's different. The American decision was to implement democratic representation to represent what people wanted in general, and then load up on anti-democratic institutions to block the worst impulses. That's how we addressed it. Other people may address it differently because we've now moved below the, okay, so everyone agrees there's human rights and we got to protect those. Okay, now how do we do that on a day-to-day basis? This is where your civil rights
0: come in. So that's going to be all of it then, right? Because those are the only two groups of rights that we talked about is human rights and voting rights and civil rights
1: there's going to be one last category and this this category I'm going to kind of give as a catch-all, right? We're going to call them privileges. Also there's administrative rights. These are things where we're talking about like your HOA. You have a right to do certain things in that HOA. So one of the things that makes these distinctive from the others is they're excludable like civil rights, but They can be lost.
0: Okay. I mean, an HOA is where I work a certain job and I have a high deductible plan and they let me put money in a special place that will allow me to have lower taxes, use the triple tax advantages. And because it's something that could be removed, if we say switch health insurance, you would consider it to be not a right, but a privilege.
1: So when I say the word privilege, we're going to just say privileges but they there's many different kind of words and how they fit in so again that that's more of an administrative right the idea is that you can lose a privilege but they don't cease to exist so for example voting is a civil right because what happens is if i am blocked from voting then the right becomes lost right the government tramples on the right becomes lost so if I have property, it when I lose the property, it I, it's no longer my property. However, you can still have a privilege around even if you yourself don't have it. The, the famous example of driving a vehicle that is overused. I can lose my privilege of driving a vehicle. However, the in Other humans do not lose the privilege of driving a
0: vehicle. Well, sure. I mean, the same thing happens with somebody who, say, goes to prison and loses the right to vote.
1: We would say that you cannot trample on that person's human rights still, because we've made the decision that you lose some civil rights while you're in jail. But while you're in jail, they could say, hey, well, you're going in solitary. That doesn't mean that every single other person must also go then go in solitary. Right. It, they don't need to be equitable or equal.
0: Or there was the time with the giving stimulus checks to people who are in prison. When, let's think about this, it's not like we have the right to money from the government.
1: Correct. It's a privilege. It's it's So it is granted by an administrative entity.
0: It's a new privilege that nobody should really have anyway, but it's still a privilege.
1: And so the reason I say privilege is not called them is just to so that when you're thinking about this and you're kind of, and you're approaching your subject as you you turn off the episode, you go and approach your next discussion or you're reading a book. You can categorize into one of these three groups because what I'll often hear is somebody starts saying, well, I have the right. And they're talking about a civil right. But then somebody else says, I have a right. And they're talking about a privilege. And then the two people yell at each other at the top of their lungs. And then they, they don't understand why they're not understanding each other it's because they're talking at two completely different levels of rights. So, As a general recap, there are human rights that are limited, but absolute. Then there are civil rights which are numerous, but subservient to human rights. They are there to support. Privileges are
0: advantages that you gain. Because of some outside thing.
1: Right. So, for example, the child tax credit. Not everyone has a right to the child tax credit. Marriage. But that's the idea behind this privilege category. They can be called a lot of different things, but for simplicity's sake, view them as privileges and in your head, say advantages. There are things that you have a right to do, but it doesn't mean that every single other person gets them and then you can also lose them.
0: So it's an interesting one to talk about. So the child tax credit, it would apply to somebody who has a child for at least six months of the year in full anyway. And therefore, wouldn't we consider that? To be a civil right for somebody who's in the United States who is a parent, because it doesn't have to be a civil right for people who aren't parents to children. Does it have to be that way to be a civil right, even though it doesn't apply to quote everyone, or at least it could, but it hasn't.
1: So there are some sticky parts there, but typically you would say that the child tax credit is a privilege, not a civil, because it, it doesn't go to every single person, and you can still have you can have different levels. So your child tax credit can go up, it can go down. Typically, with a civil right, it must equally apply to every single person in the community.
0: Okay, so its I feel like the sticking point there is it means that just because your government gives you something doesn't make it a civil right.
1: So because your child tax credit, what human right is it supporting? But if we said you have a human right to have a child, that would actually be kind of problematic because then people could claim, well, I want a child. This one is now mine because the government has to... If it has to uphold your human rights, it then must give you a child. <laughs> and you don't have a right to have a child just because you
0: want one. Yeah, they usually like to take the children. The government will take your children and educate them.
1: So the theory is good, right? What we're going to do is we're going to kind of play a little bit of a game to kind of see it in action. And we'll ask whether a specific thing is a human right, a civil right, a privilege, or is not a right at all.
0: And not a privilege right? either.
1: And not a privilege either. So it's something that, so again, we can give, we can grant privileges and things like that to people, but some things are just, they are not a right because they will contradict a human right itself. So at home, see if you score well, and maybe if you have a disagreement, let us know. Maybe you think that doesn't make sense. You said this and this, right? If you want to kind of check us on our work here, please do.
0: So how many of these do we have?
1: I think it was about 21. The first couple will be, we've already mentioned them, so kind of easy. We'll start off voting. What kind of right do you think it is?
0: So we covered that one already. So we considered that a civil right, especially in this country. Correct. Something the government gives you, but everyone has it.
1: Right. Because you have the right to vote here does not mean any government without voting is not legitimate. You may be denied the right to vote because a fact is related to upholding the rights of others such as committed crimes, so you, other things like that. However, if you are eligible to vote, you must be allowed to. Right? The government is, is needs to, and it upholds the group contract that we made with human rights.
0: So, Number two, we
1: Number said two, driving, driving a car
0: is, yep. in fact, a privilege. You don't have to have the right to get a license. It's granted by the what Department of...
1: DMV, yeah, unless you're in Massachusetts, and then it's an RMV because we we like being different. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and you don't lose the right to go somewhere just because you don't have a car. It just becomes less convenient. Right, yeah, it's a long walk. Uh, (laughs) 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 Or bus ride, or taxi, flight. All
1: right, so here we go. We'll go into some ones that we haven't done yet. So, freedom of the press.
0: Well, anybody can write their thoughts and publish them. And I'd say that's universal. So I would say it's a human right, but we also have it protected and supported by our civil rights in the United States.
1: Yep. So it's a human. The reason is obviously, as you said, so that would be an example of the government trampling on their rights. And then actually, this is where the founders got the idea that when a government tramples on your rights, that's when you can revolt, right? So if your human rights are not being protected, then you can change your government. And that's your right, which is the Lockean idea. So... When you take away a person's ability to write, you're reducing their liberty because they have the ability to make choices. So they have the ability to write and publish their thoughts.
0: So, number four, the freedom of religion, which is?
1: That is a human right. And the why is very simple. You have the ability to practice your beliefs. That is an essential part of liberty. So, and then number five, freedom from religion.
0: Okay. So I really enjoy this one because it's, this is probably the, most important not a right things that we have here because you can't take away someone else's beliefs just because you do not like them. I feel like this is one of those ones where we like see it and hear it a lot. It's it's just the concept that people should just shove it up there because you know they think something different and it's just one of those things where you have the freedom of religion as a human but your freedom from religion the best thing you can do is just not talk to people about religion or to say to somebody else, hey, I'm not really comfortable with your religion and I, wouldn't really, I would like to not discuss it with you and then have them respect you for your viewpoint. It just doesn't make it a right.
1: Now, there is a key thing here. We do not mean that somebody can say, you must also practice my beliefs. That's where the freedom of religion actually includes. So I cannot tell somebody... Well, you must follow the Christian faith. What
0: about a national religion?
1: If you have a national religion, and then you say that everyone must follow that religion, or there is a penalty, then they're treading
0: on your rights. And this is why it's a human right and not a civil right.
1: That's why it's a human, it is a human right for freedom of religion. Now you can have a national language, like for example, national languages. You could say the national language is English. Now, if you start telling people, well, you spoke, Chinese, therefore, you're going to jail. No, you've taken away their freedom of expression, their freedom of the press, all that sort of thing. So here's a fun one, that right to an attorney.
0: So this is a civil right, as you have the right to defend yourself. But as it turns out, the attorney provides a service. Now, this can be a little bit different. So if you get into trouble and you're arrested and you make below a certain amount of money, They will give you a public defender who is a lawyer that is paid for by the government, but they are overworked, underpaid, and don't have as many resources as somebody you can afford to pay yourself.
1: We've decided that what upholds our life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that what is best served is giving somebody a lawyer. But, as you said, I cannot demand a specific lawyer. You get a public defender. You
0: either get get who you get or you afford to pay somebody else.
1: For example... Apple has insane
0: lawyers. Mm-hmm. They've got the money to pay for it. It's a service. If I have a speeding ticket, I can't go, I want Apple's lawyers. It's, that's my right as a hero. I don't think we should call them insane, though, because apparently they're quite effective. So they're probably fairly sane.
1: That's true. They probably are. So, but I cannot demand that they are the ones who
0: cover my kids. They would probably laugh at you or say that their pro bono hours are covered by some first year.
1: But yeah, so it's... I obviously have the right to defend myself, that's right, but having the lawyer provide the service, I can't demand that because I would then be breaking the individual part of it.
0: So number seven?
1: Equal opportunity, and that is a civil right.
0: So equal opportunity, let's just start with that because I feel like this is one of those ones that might not be clear by the name. Like the right to an equal opportunity for like to get something? Like people hear equal opportunity in regards to jobs, housing, rent.
1: The reason it's a civil right is because you don't have a right to something that someone else is offering. So let's take a house. So, for example.
0: this, I actually want to talk on this one a teeny tiny bit. So, my sister is in the process of purchasing a house, and it's going to cost her a total of like $169,000, I think is the, the sitting price. And the actual including the 20% down payment and all of the closing costs, it's going to cost her somewhere between 40 and 50 grand for a down payment. If you assume that she's doing 20% down and the closing costs and the conversation that she and I had regarding this type of cost is this is why it's so expensive to rent because you are giving up, to somebody else that they are going to cover all of these potential costs for you, including the heating, the cooling, this and that, and the other thing, so that you don't have to deal with that. And the reality is that this is not something that you are required by the government to have. This is not something that your human rights dictate. It's something that you can afford to rent out that particular place, but it is not your right that they give you a place to stay. However. They do need to be open-minded to all the people who want to stay there, regardless of what race or whatnot they come from.
1: So the reason we say it's a civil right is we say that making decisions based on immutable characteristics will trample on liberty. That's That's the determination we made. And this is an important reminder. Simply because something is a civil right does not mean it's not important or not a good thing.
0: We often will mentally decide... So what you're saying is don't consider civil rights to be second-class rights.
1: When I say subservient, what I mean is they're there to help you maintain your
0: human rights. They're there they're not to help there. serve your human rights, so strengthen them, preserve them.
1: When I talk to people, what I'll often say is I'll say, look, that's not a human right, that's a civil right. But somebody will go, well, it's a good, so it must be a human. No. Human rights are there for a reason, and then we construct the civil rights around them. That's how you construct the government. That's the whole point of having one, right? So you can have human rights that come with bad consequences. Again, freedom of speech, great concept, wonderful. I love it. I'm able to do exactly what we're doing right now because of it. But there's also a Nazi website on the internet. Just one? (laughs) <laughs> probably several, but I think it's the, the most famous ones, the Daily Stormer. It, that's on the same internet that I'm speaking on. So you, you could say like, well, we should just shut down that website. Hey, I'd agree with you. I'd love to shut it down. But because it's a human right, they get to have that website as disgusting and vile as it is. They get to have it. And so that's part of the issue is we tend to mentally categorize into good and bad. And so anything we'd like goes into the human right category, and then everything else goes into the, that's not a right, or you're trampling on my rights in that category. So equal opportunity being a civil right doesn't mean equal opportunity is like a bad thing, or it's like, oh, well, we only do equal opportunity here because we're crazy. What we're saying is, if you have that house, that's your house. And, the, and Locke would even say, the reason it's your house is because you mixed your labor with it. If equal opportunity was a human right, then the government would have half- to crack down on any instance of unequal treatment which is a terrifying thought imagine if donald trump was deciding apple's hiring practices or facebook's but <laughs> imagine that because he would have to say well this was equal or unequal." the courts would become gods you'd have a judge dread situation where they're judge jury and executioner
0: so i have to say i'd not heard of the daily stormer and so i just looked it up and i clicked on the link and first of all it took way too long to load i would have clicked away except i wanted to see it and it has this little thing on the side which shocked me and it shows a demographic countdown and i'm assuming it's trying to calculate the time before there is no white population over the united states and it says here below 11.5% 11.5% of white percentage of global population. And below that, I thought this one was this hilarious. It says, This reader funded site is the most censored publication in history. And I was just like, Well, no duh, Sherlock. I can only imagine why.
1: We have a website and they got a website. And, and yeah, that's so moving on to number eight healthcare. Mm.
0: Okay, well, as a person who has worked in the healthcare industry within software, I can definitely say 100% certainty this happens to not be a right. I know many people wish that it were. There are people who say that this should be a human right, which I think what they mean to say is it should be a civil right because you can't really change human rights. But even if you were to say it's a civil right, that would be you demanding that somebody should serve you with medical assistance, which to me sounds a lot like enforcing your will upon somebody else without their consent. And if this were to be considered sexual, we call it rape. But if we were consider it work, we would say it's called slavery. So I would just say, like, that you hit a lot of really bad things when you start saying, "I demand that you operate on me."
1: Yeah, when you start demanding, right? So a doctor provides a service now. You have a right to your medical care. That's why do not resuscitate are a thing because you make that decision. But I cannot demand that somebody else provide me medical assistance. I cannot walk into a place and say, you must treat me because they don't have to. When they take the the oath and all that sort of thing, that's great. That's what they do. Now, some of you may say, well, hold on. What about emergency rooms? That They're just supposed to treat you. Those operate on the assumption that you want to be treated.
0: And that you'll That's what they pay, but on. generally it doesn't matter if you're going to pay or not. Right. They just need you to come in.
1: Right. But for, so for example, if you fall and hit your head, they call the ambulance, they take you to the emergency room, they fix you up. The assumption is that you want to live, right? So they're operating on the idea that you have the, that you, they said the quickest way to figure out what the person wants is to simply assume that all humans want to live. And so we assist you in providing that emergency care. That's where they're thinking. Well, comes you wouldn't from.
0: call 911 to go to the emergency room not to live. Very antithetical. Why spend the money and not live?
1: So that's why they just sort of put in the system of we're going to assume you want to live unless you tell us in some way, no, I do not. And then we respect that. That's why you can refuse ambulances because you make the decision.
0: No, right? yeah, you can drive You're yourself. Right.
1: Which, and this dovetails with number nine, health insurance, which is a different thing than healthcare. Once again,
0: not- also not a right. I think when I said I worked in health, I should have clarified that when I worked in healthcare, I actually worked for one of the largest private health insurance companies in the country. And as it turns out, you have to pay for that service, and it is indeed a service. You don't need it, it is not required. It just makes your life much easier when it comes to paying for healthcare. Oh, yeah. It's a service. That's the clearest why. You're, you're paying to share your health costs with other people. That's what you're paying for.
1: So, number 10, big one, equity, which is the equal outcome. Equity is an equal outcome. That's different than equality, right, mm-hmm. in the application.
0: My wife would say that this is actually what they're going for when it comes to teaching, is that they want everybody to come out of a class with the knowledge to move up. And there can be people who are above and below, but we need on average for them to come out with good understanding, which requires some level of equity.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, you don't have a right to an outcome, especially since the majority of outcomes are determined by an individual's choices. And
0: this is why, while she wants it that way as a teacher, she can't stop the person from low-performing. She can't stop the parents in that situation from divorcing and therefore causing the kid's life to go on a tailspin, and thus they're going to perform poorly in school. She can't fix that. But she also can't fix the person who's doing really well and applying themselves to somehow have a equal outcome like she can't average that kid's work effort with the person who puts less effort in
1: another spicy one weapons carried and owned i did not say guns i said weapons
0: you have the right to defend yourself in most places and therefore that's going to be a human right but as soon as you go to guns that's going to be a civil right because you only have that right here in the united states you don't have that right in other countries in fact other countries you're not allowed to have a gun unless you're law enforcement
1: Oh, well, exactly. See, my take would be that guns are are part of the it's a human right to own a firearm because it's part of defending yourself. Because if it's available to people who are going to attack you, then it must be also available to you.
0: But then there would be times where we would say that's being trampled on by other countries' civil rights. Or even just other states or other cities' civil rights in the United States. Like, by giving you requirements on how you can move a gun around, for instance.
1: So you can see there... You can already see kind of the sticky part about how the applications, and that's why you need your civil right category, because you're talking about the application of protecting rights. So self-defense.
0: So I would consider that a human right. You have the right to defend yourself. And this is more generalized than even referring to weapons. It's more just your right to life can be, you know, attempted to be squashed by somebody else. you have the right to defend yourself and therefore the right to self-defense as a human right.
1: And I actually had a fascinating conversation where they said that, there is no, that Jesus removed the right of self-defense in the Bible.
0: Really? How did they yeah. get to that conclusion?
1: They got to that conclusion that because Jesus laid his life down, and he said, turning the other cheek, that means we must also do the same, because he has provided the way going forward. That was her line of reasoning. And so she brings up a good point. If you have a, have a right to life, and I have a right to life, now whose rights are we following? How do we determine where the self-defense is? Even just if we say that I defend myself, can I defend myself to the point of taking your life or just to the point of stopping you? So block answers this with what he calls the state of war. So when somebody is entered into a malicious attack bent on destruction, we are now no longer in the state of nature. He said the state of nature and all the stuff we went over earlier, that's for reasonable people. Mm -hmm. Once you've left reason, Those do not apply anymore, and it is simply Mm self-preservation. And he said any attack on your life, liberty, or property where those rights are threatened and challenged removes us from that state of nature and allows me to preserve them. He would say property, meaning that if somebody tries to steal your car, you can shoot them, which I don't think a lot of Americans would agree. They'd be kind of like, (laughs) oh, it's a car. Why am I shooting him over a car? in terms of luck, he would say, look, a reasonable society respects others' property. So somebody taking property is actually a threat to all of our rights because, yes, it's not your life. So it may not be as serious with the air quotes. He's going to say, well, because they're not respecting property, they're not respecting your human rights, which include life and liberty.
0: All right. Well, as we've covered human rights, civil rights, and privileges, as well as Not being rights. We have about nine left. I think it's time that we start going into the speed round, ladies and gentlemen.
1: That's true. So,
0: food. Not a right. Because you have a right to any food that you mix your labor with. Otherwise, not at all. Security. Also, not a right. This is also a sticky one that we could spend a whole episode on, perhaps. But the issue is the usage. To be secure, I must remove possible threats and not actual threats someone once said they wanted to punch me and I'm not secure we're not in a state of war but he has the right to express his thoughts and as you just discussed earlier that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a right it's just that's how it is
1: I don't have a right to remove anybody who may be a threat to me that's because may is an issue so separation of church and state
0: also not a right you can elect to live in a theocracy or an atheism or in Henry's eighth kingdom
1: Henry the Ace King. You know. This is one of the bad ideas that are part of rights, that you can live in a theocracy.
0: Mm -hmm. Number 16, rent protections.
1: Those are a civil right because you do not have a right to live in someone else's place. However, if you are a renter, then it does apply to you. The
0: government has given that to us, but that might not apply in other countries.
1: And it applies to anybody who is a renter.
0: Number 17, marriage licenses. Those
1: are privileges because marriage does not cease to exist if licenses aren't issued anymore. <laughs> right. It is not a human right because then the government would have to provide you with marriage opportunity. I
0: may have to throw in here that it's not like that this has been given since the beginning of time. Licenses for marriage didn't always exist.
1: So they're privileges. It gives you advantages. It gives you tax codes, all that sort of thing. It gives you advantages, but it's not a civil right because it's not protecting a human right. It's, a choice you can make, but you can't force somebody else to stick with that choice. So, child care.
0: It's not a right. As we said, with health care and all health rights, you can't demand somebody to provide that service. Netflix. is a privilege. You can buy it with your pocketbook, but you cannot demand right. that Netflix give you the ability to watch or to steal usage from your neighbor or your parents whom you are living in their basement.
1: You have the right to access and watch. 20.
0: Yep. Town water
1: is a privilege because it is offering a service to the citizens, but they can remove you for non-payment. And just because you're not on the town water doesn't mean that no one else can be on the town water and you don't have a right to water itself. You cannot demand from someone else water right there. They have maintained their reservoir. You have to pay for that. And then the last one, cell phones,
0: Ah, this just had to be put in for kicks and giggles, mostly because of the era of the Obama phones where people were given cell phones, but there was still a privilege to be given those cell phones because not everybody was being given cell phones. So it was neither being held up as a civil right nor a human right, just as a very privileged way to receive cell phones even if you didn't have the right to them in the first place. However, there's still a privilege if it turns out that your parents are paying for them or if you are paying for them and you don't have the right to Verizon cell service despite the fact that you have a phone that you purchased with a Verizon SIM card.
1: But you are granted certain rights by the administrative entity, which is Verizon, by Apple, their terms and service when you buy their iPhone, though you gain advantages through that. So if you think these are accurate, let us know why. If you think, hey, you know, your reasoning from earlier was sound, but one of your examples contradicts your reasoning, let us know. And here's the thing, at the end of the day, You are responsible for maintaining your rights. They are only maintained by yourself. You might wish to delegate them, you may say that's, I want other people to make decisions for me, that's fine. But if you do, the blame still resides on you because you're the one who delegated it. This is a very important concept that I think a lot of people have forgotten because they don't ask this question and they don't look after their rights and then they lose them and then they go, wait a minute, I don't understand where they went.
0: It bears worth repeating, I'm gonna repeat it. At the end of the day, You are responsible for maintaining your rights.
1: Thanks for listening. And if you have a comment, question, or rant, we'd love to hear it. Email us at bluestateconversations at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and find our articles on Medium. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. No matter what state you're in, blue, red, or purple, there is always room at the table to discuss your views in a way that lets us all grow.